Why, hello, and welcome to Biblical Chile. If you'll be so kind as to come this way, I'll find you a place to take that load off. They're just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. See, around these parts, we speak openly about the questions that people have on their daily walk with Christ. I want to know what do you guys think in Scripture a stumbling block means? We rely on the Bible for answers and direction. But this is not your regular Bible study. It's not enticing to murder someone. I'm, I'm going the far, the far I was going to say, man, you just went far. <laughs> you're, you're angry with somebody, so you want to kill them. Hold, <laughs> Hold yeah. on. Hold on here. We value your perspective, and we want you to join in a conversation. The fellas will tell you how you can do that once they get started. The best defense that you can ever have is not to be there. Ah, well, looky here, an open seat right up front. Grab your Bible and your favorite drink. They're just about to start. Oh, there's the door. Listen, I'll check in on you later. I got to go. Order up. All right, welcome back to Biblical Chili. Let's just go around the table real quick. This is Justin. This is Israel. This is Sully. This is Dale. And we have Dale visiting us remotely. Israel, would you be able to give us a word of prayer? All right. Father God, Lord, thank you again for another episode of Biblical Chili. Thank you for the guys here and Dale being remotely here. Um, I just pray that people are blessed, touched, and that the conversation be enlightening and inspiring. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The question today is going to be about something. It's a term that we normally don't use, but I know it's in Scripture like 25 times or something. Stumbling blocks. And what we're going to talk about stumbling blocks, I want to know what do you guys think in Scripture a stumbling block means? Go ahead, Dale. Uh, a stumbling block would be anything that you don't pick up off the floor. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, okay, Paul mentions this in the Bible where you have your saved Gentiles and your saved Jews. Jews believe that you should not eat the meat offered to idols because it's tainted. The saved Gentile necessarily doesn't see that as wrong because he's been, he's been saved and he's been doing it all of his life. So if the, if the Gentile has the Jew over to his house, he should make sure that he doesn't serve the, the Jew me offered to idols because to the Jew that's sinning, but to him it's not. Okay, let's for instance, if, okay, Izzy, let's say you don't believe in playing cards of any side, of any kind, you know, Uno or whatever. No lottery, okay, let's no say, none of that stuff. No Uno. Yeah, none, no. Of, none of that. Okay. Me, on the other hand, I have no problem with playing with Uno cards or anything like that. Heresy. If I Heresy. if I have you over to my if I what have if, you over wait, to wait, my wait, house, wait. Euchre, this is we're in Michigan, guys. I I've I've been oh, told Euchre. that you have to know yes. Euchre, right? Euchre or spoons. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Euchre or spoons. Your spoons, yeah, I heard spoons. <laughs> I've never played spoons. I've never played Euchre. You Chris? Euchre? Euchre. 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 It's it's yeah. like using like a quarter of the deck to just play really fast like two second hands okay i haven't played it okay after i married my wife she we like 
she's like, oh, so da, da, euchre. Da, da. I'm like, what is euchre? And so she finally had to sit down and explain this whole thing to me and teach me how to play. Euchre. She's been playing since she's been five. Guess how many times I beat her? One. <laughs> no, I <just> don't. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go ahead, Dale. No, but but if I know you have a uh, if I know you're struggling with something like a deck of cards, if you believe they're bad, then I shouldn't have them. When I have you over, I shouldn't have them out on the table or or invite you to play them if they're going to cause you to sin. So a stumbling block is anything I do that might cause another fellow Christian to sin. If I know about it, then I shouldn't do it or or tempt them to sin, if, if I'm not being too so a confusing. So a stumbling block, I took it as, and I still believe, that anything that would entice you to sin. Enti- like entice you personally? Personally yourself. That's how I take a stumbling block. I was thinking like millions of dollars, but like that's stealing. I'm not into uh, um, naked women, I guess. I'm thinking the of peer pressure. Peer pressure. Peer pressure? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, peer pressure, I guess. To yeah. uh, like the way I look at it is, um, you know, I have several friends that like to do things such as drinking and doing other let's say non-christian things so you know every once in a while when you gotta go by and we still gotta go oh how's it going well i'm three sheets to the wind i'm like that's nice for you have a nice day okay different things like that i can understand that not but when you go over to somebody's house i've been pressured to the point where it's like you're a brother here you go take a drink i'm like Okay, just one, and then I'm going home. All right, so you're you're thinking of of the more okay. So it sounds like Dale's kind of hitting the you being a stumbling block to somebody else. You're hitting you're hitting like okay, I know what my stumbling block is, trying to avoid almost or trying to, to at least being aware of it. Uh, I was thinking more of the fact that it's like the peer pressure aspect of the fact that it's every single time you step out of your house, it's you're able to sin. But it's also that influence that I feel that he's talking about is to, like, have it not available or not around. I feel that would be more of the stumbling block. Okay. Can I, Dale, can I ask you this? Do you believe a stumbling block has to be enticing? So, like, what I mean by there's different le- kinds of sins. So, if you're angry with someone and you want to murder them, it's not enticing to murder someone. I'm I'm going the far. The far I was gonna extreme. say, man, you just went far. <laughs> you're, you're angry with somebody, so you want to kill him. <laughs> Hold yeah. on. Hold on here. Another hand version of that would be if you're behind in bills and you find you found out that there's this bag of money that belongs to someone that you can easily grab without anyone noticing. I see the bag of money as a stumbling block rather than wanting to murder someone as sin. As a stumbling block. Now, I, I have a question about this bag of money. Does this bag of money have like a big cartoon money symbol on it? And is it made of like <laughs> a burlap sack? It has Northland on it. <laughs> Northland. <laughs> that's a that's a bank in northern Michigan, people. <laughs> that, that's what I see a stumbling block can be. Stumbling block, you have a choice kind of deal to like you really want to, but you don't because you're. Yeah. What do you think, Dale? I, I think you're you're right, and it is a choice you make. Not only a, you being tempted or or 
you know, in, in such a way, but also it's almost you don't want to be tempting others to fall as well. You know, it's, I mean, I think you yeah. both really hit it on the head there. Romans fourteen thirteen says, therefore do not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not a, not an obstacle or a stumbling block in a, in another's brother's way. So, but, all right, can I can I just freeze right here? I, I want to fill in some of these blanks here that we're we're kind of jumping around with the stumbling block thing, and both of you are bringing up Romans fourteen, which is good, but let me uh, let me bring this up here. It's Romans fourteen. If we, I'm just going to read through uh, a bits and pieces of it to kind of fill in the blanks for those of you who haven't read this. Uh, it, it's a very it's it's not actually a very very large chapter, but it covers what's called the law of liberty and the law of love. So the first one though is it's talking about receiving. This is uh, Romans uh, fourteen one. It says, "Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things." For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats who eats despise him who eats who does not eat, and let not him who does not sorry guys, old English man <laughs> who does not eat uh, judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge one uh, to judge another's servant to his own master he stands or falls indeed he will be made to stand for god is able to make him stand okay let me stop right there and that was kind of what you were talking about dale with uh the the whole meat thing and i'll I give kind of a, a, ba- a little bit more of a background to that what was happening uh out there is this is a letter that that paul wrote to the romans what was happening is some of these temples out there during this time, the, like the temple to Jupiter or something like that, they would actually sacrifice animals to these gods, you know, these these false gods type of thing. And then in the back of the temple, any of the meat that was more or less cooked on the grill for <laughs> these sacrifices, the back of the temple actually had more or less a discount restaurant meat because the priests could not take all that meat. So the Christians had this hard time. They were saying, okay, you, Israel, you're eating meat that was sacrificed to Jupiter. And Israel's like, well, that that's because I can afford it. You know, I can't afford the prime rib down the street, you know, and, you know, me being an upright Christian person, and I'm, I'm accusing you of being a poor Christian because you're eating sacrifice to God. And if you keep reading, he says, listen, this Christian prays, to, prays over the meal. They, they love the Lord. They're, it's not a stumbling block to them. Don't make it a stumbling block to them by accusing them of being a bad person or something like that. And then it goes on and says, you know, if somebody's weak in the faith, don't, you know, how it started out. If somebody's weak in the faith, don't be, you know, bashing them over the head because you know more and all this stuff. And uh, it was, this is just the path that Dale kind of started down. And then at the end, that's what it talked about. That verse that you just brought up, which was being a stumbling block unto somebody. And I think you guys covered a lot of it though. Um, I just wanted to kind of fill in the blanks for those who didn't know the story. There was a big a big controversy with this because during that time, Rome was filled with temples. I mean, absolutely filled with temples to Aphrodite and to, to all, all these other Greek and Roman gods. And yeah, what'd you say? Zeus. Yep. Zeus. The, the Christians felt like they could have, or some Christians felt like they could have 
zero association whatsoever with any of the pagans out there. And so therefore there was this kind of like rift that was happening in the church. I'm kind of bringing this out a little left field from this, but when, when you were, when you were explaining that, and we live in a community where there's a lot of Amish and Amish are Christians. I, I think back and I'm like, well, when I first got here, I was like, oh, I'm going to go out and minister and go share with them. But then I started pulling myself back and thinking about why. I mean, if they're a Christian and they say they believe in Jesus Christ, they say their entire lives they don't use electricity that's generated by the electric grid for some reason. And they, they want to live a very reserved lifestyle. Humble lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. Well, me trying to introduce Christianity in my version of Christianity and say in my version of what I assume to be freedom, would I be a stumbling block to their, Christ, to their Christian faith? Are you asking? Yeah, because that's, that's, I've thought about that before, and sometimes I think, oh, I should go share, I, I want to share with them, but they're technically Christian, they say they're Christian, and sometimes I wonder, are they, are they free or are they holding themselves back? And it's just, I, I, as you were talking and you were saying, eat the meat and not eat the meat. I was just curious on that. Okay. Bring in a go, go ahead, Sully. I kind of feel like the fact that it's a little bit of both. They have their own social community. They have their own little outlooks. I mean, if you go to the idea of them having Rumspringer, which Rumspringer is, for layman's terms, going to the real world and then going back to their world, I mean, that's the way I look at that. So, I mean... You're talking have, about when they... they come of age to, to yeah. make that choice yeah, type of thing? to either stay with the Amish community or go away from the Amish community. And... Well, so, what I mean, though, like, what, am I technically a... Uh, am I technically becoming a stumbling block by introducing a cell phone and introducing technology or introducing easier ways? Is that a stumbling block to their faith, then? Because when when he's saying, don't, don't worry about... Let them eat their food. Let them do what they... they it's fine. Right. What he was talking about in the verse was, or in the, in the chapter, I'm sorry, in the chapter, what he was talking about was just that. Well, if somebody has a problem with eating the meat that was sacrificed to gods, don't be meat, don't like bash them over the head. Let them eat the vegetables. That's fine. You know, and this person who believes that it's wicked to eat the meat that was sacrificed to gods, don't bash on them. You know, it's, and, and he, at some point he ends up bringing this up again. He says, listen, these gods aren't real anyway, you guys, they're basically just burning animals. And so it, in my, my personal opinion, I would say it, you could be, I mean, because if you're, and I would say this, I say, I say very loosely, you could be because if you're trying to force them out of what they feel convicted on then that could be a stumbling block because then you're making them question. Like even this, the first part of this verse, I think is a tall tale sign of that, that kind of covers this. It says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. In other words, don't befriend a new Christian or a, a Christian who has, you know, different viewpoints just because you want to debate. Yes. Don't, don't shove your religion or your, not your religion, but your, Views. interpretation of of biblical theology that's a better yeah. theology into be a bible thumper <laughs> hey i'm a bible <laughs> thumper <laughs> dale what do you think i think that's right too back in college they had this discussion about what music should be in church 
And some people think, oh, you should only sing the hymns or this type of music. But I've come to realize the music in the church, the type of music in the church, doesn't necessarily matter as long as you're praising the Lord. As long as you're worshiping God with your music, is it really worth debating and causing a fight in church about what music to sing about? Oh, I think I think if that's you know a, where... no, that's that's a good point. And I think you, the key word there that you just brought up, Dale, was is it worth it? No, because some of the things we believe in the Bible are worth arguing over, like the virgin birth. Okay. The other thing that I don't feel is really argument worthy is when Jesus turned the water into wine, was it alcohol or was it fresh grape juice? I don't think that merits an argument because it's not going to it's not going to increase or decrease my faith in what I know to be true from the Bible. You know I would like to say, so moving up north and being introduced to so many actual religions, uh, uh, of, not religions, more forms of Christianity. I was going to say like faith Christ- systems. Type faith systems. Yeah, that's a good. That's been a, kind of like an eye opener for me. So in Connecticut, you drive around in much of New England. You don't hear any Christian radio. To be able to drive around whoa, in here. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, dude, it's not normal. Wow. To I'm telling you, it is not. I grew up in Connecticut. There is something called the Golden Banana. Seriously, you can Google this. It's the route from New York to Hartford and at night if you look at it. It's like well lit, but it's a really expensive real estate of radio. So there, for up until like the last year I left, that's when Caleb finally came into an FM radio station. But before that, there was no Christian radio station. Wow, we so, have like a third of all of Michigan's radio stations are Christian radio yes. stations. So I, I when that's one of the most exciting things to move out of New England and being able to hear Christian radio. But it introduced me to Seventh-day Adventist or Catholic radio. And, yep. and as, a, as, as a crazy evangelical, it's really... It's really like inspiring to hear someone like just the Catholics and their passion for abortion, or and you'll hear Strong Tower Radio talking about finances, and you'll you know I don't I didn't have that. So, and before I had the mindset of if they don't believe in X, Y, and Z in all my ah. letters of the Bible, I would have a hard time questioning whether or not you were really truly saved. Even people who used to come to church. For until I until I got until I got that concept of salvation through grace, I grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church that I didn't speak Spanish, but I, my mom would teach me her her interpretation of the Bible because we didn't have a dad growing up for years. So my mom would teach me a very strict version of the Bible where it's like my mom was afraid of sin, and I I remember going to a movie in middle school. And like thinking, am I sinning by going to a movie theater? That's how strict I grew up. So, so, but what you're saying though is, is because you were exposed to these, how did that, how did that affect so, with, in, in reference to like it being a stung, so yeah, yeah. I would have thought a long time ago that you guys wouldn't, um, some of you guys wouldn't be saved because you don't agree exactly the way I, but I've come to know that these are, don't really matter. Like when Jesus talks about what, 
when you spread the gospel out as seeds and they grow and some grow in fertile ground, some grow. It's all God's harvest. What is my, what is my <laughs> point? Like he never says anywhere that I'm doing the weeding. I hate weeding. It's all God's <laughs> harvest. Like, so I don't know. I, that immediately brought the spark to my mind. No, that that's a good point too, because it's, it's, it's one of those things where you gotta, and I, I reflect on, on Christ when it comes to this, when you look at Jesus and when he was talking to people and engaging with people, and you got to pick this out. You got to kind of read between the lines. You realize that he never answered questions this way. He always went around and said, no, you're looking at it from the wrong way. And he always went around the bend and said, boom, this is where it's at. And he always sidestepped them because they missed the point. You know what I mean? Like a lot of time, and I mean the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they miss the point in scripture. And the reason I say this is because Jesus, even Jesus picked his battles it, well, here's here's the example. I have I have people in my own church where they're like, "Well, why didn't you clarify?" Because I mean, obviously, we're on uh, biblical chili. You know, there's, there's a lot of different denominations represented here. There's a lot of different faith systems uh, represented here. And my point is, is I've had people in my in my own church who are listening, and they will say, "Well, why didn't you bring this up? Or why didn't you talk about this? Or why didn't you talk about this?" And I said, "You got to choose your battles. There are sometimes." sometimes there's a bigger topic here to, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm right necessarily, but I'm saying there's bigger, there's bigger topics. There's more important things. For example, and this, this reply, this goes to a stumbling block, but it, this is kind of around the bend. Once again, if I'm going to sit down with somebody, I'm not going, and, and I know, let's say they have an alcohol problem. Okay. Maybe it's not time for me to actually sit down and talk to them about alcohol problem. Maybe God has something more important for them to learn. Maybe there's something way before God ever touches that alcoholism that they need to understand before they even get to this point. And I could be that stumbling block by coming to them and saying, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, what is this, da-da-da, you know, and go in their house or something and kind of clean the house for them when that's the Holy Spirit's job. So if I'm understanding this correctly now, a stumbling block is more not past judgment and to actually try not to step on people's toes. It's well, it's more than just not passing judgment is under it's understanding that the Holy Spirit is working in somebody's life. It's it's saying, you know, uh, you know, I, I know, like, for example, you're studying creation. I'm not yeah. going to bash you over the head because I understand that you're just kind of getting into it. You're kind of, you know, discovering it for yourself. It's not my job to sit there and hammer it over your head until you uh, perfectly agree with me. This is not a debating point. Well, so, and also, when a big, a big thing too is st stumbling box. It's anything that can hinder you from getting closer to Christ. Or I would say I would include uh, somebody else as well. Yeah, someone else can be a stumbling block, or an item can be. Or a you could be a stumbling block, block for them, yeah. or. Right. Or even an item. Yeah, that can, could be an item too. But, and that's the thing is, even in that one verse, it talks about that. It says, uh, when somebody weak in the faith, that doesn't mean somebody who's faithless. That means somebody who's new to the faith. A somebody baby. Who's, a baby Christian. They're so cute and round and lovable. Well, here, let me, let me read one more that talks about stumbling blocks a little bit. Maybe, maybe this will shed a little bit of light. This is 1 Corinthians 8. Uh, we'll start on verse 8. 1 Corinthians 8, 8. But food does not commend us to God. Once again, this is talking similar thing. It's the food, sacrifice, idols, blah, blah, blah. 
And, but food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. In other words, eating from those, that type of meat. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple... Will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? Now, this is taking the other side of the coin. What this is asking is it's saying, similar to, I, I believe Dale brought this up. If, if I go to Dale's house and let's say, like, for example, I know my mother. My mother was a preacher's kid and they were raised that all types of card play is gambling. That's what they were told. And it's just, it's just the way she was raised. She understands, like she bought us kids Uno before. I mean, come on, it's, it's Uno. It's, you know, we liked board games and card games growing up. But the thing is, is when my mom comes to my house or I go to her house, we don't push her to come into the board game and to come or, and play with the cards or something like that because she grew up with it as being something bad. So I don't want to be that stumbling block to force her into it to change to force her to change her conviction about cards now we're not here to talk about whether board yeah. games are evil or not but the my point is is that i don't and that's what this this verse is talking about so what if i saw you and you knowingly this is like you knowingly are playing cards in front of me and you know i'm convicted about it so i would assume that would be sin then well oh yeah isn't that hard that's hard so my Pastor Pedro, I used to have, he um, in Connecticut. He would say, Pastor Pedro. He was he had su- he has such a heart for people. Really has a heart. But we talked about this concept of stumbling blocks, and if you're so you're one to, up on us. You've already done a study on this. Oh, no, no, <laughs> if you go to church, <laughs> you got, you got to pick up something from sermons at some point. <laughs> you can't just sit there and be oh, like no. a skeleton. But he would say so. People who 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 have issues with alcoholism, and the Bible doesn't specifically say do not drink. But what what do you think the would would be the issue if a pastor was to come out of a bar? I think, and someone who's a baby Christian, who has, or not even a baby Christian, but someone who has an issue with alcoholism, sees that and says, "Oh, if the pastor goes to a bar, that's perfectly fine for me to go to a bar," and they go and they lead themselves. Go, go ahead, Sully. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. See, I can see that one of two ways. Well, one, why is he there? Two, is he trying to help somebody else out that is actually in a dire need? And then if he's actually going there to, let's say, spend his time there and drink, I feel it's like they like I try to get over for the stumbling block. I try to figure that out. But wouldn't it be still passing judgment towards someone else? Well, I'm not the passing judgment. So let me clarify something. Pastor Pedro is not saying that he went out to a bar, but he brought up this question to me. If he as a pastor goes to the bar. So he's posing this to you guys? He's posing this to me. Like, okay. And he said, if he goes to a bar and the rest of the congregation sees this. So now because he went to a bar, even though the Bible doesn't say specifically you cannot drink the rest of the church would see that and say, hey, that's going to be fine. I can drink too. But now the other people might not have 
that they might not have a tolerance or they might not have his willpower to resist drinking or do, or getting drunk. But that, because of that, now that leads people. So the reason Pastor Pedro, I remember we were talking about this. He was saying pastors can't do things, even though they're not sin. Pastors can't do certain things because uh, because they're leading the flock. They have to hold themselves to a higher standard. I, I was just going to say that from a pastor's perspective. I, I mean, I understand the question, and I think it's a great question. But I think in in the same respect. It's kind of a wild card question because you are talking about a pastor. Scripture even tells us that those who know more are going to be held more responsible. And yeah. those who especially preach the word are going to be held the highest because you're the one who's teaching somebody. And if you teach them wrong, <laughs> you know, there, there's that responsibility. But I think in lieu of what you're saying, in, in lieu of, you know, stumbling block, I, I think it could be. Once again, it could be. And even us who who are, have been in the faith for a modicum of time, I think it would apply there as well, where we, we have to watch our own actions. We have to watch our own engagement. Uh, Dale, did you have some? Crazy story. In college, we actually went... You're starting. You're starting the. You're starting the story with in college. This is always going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> In college, we actually went, I went a few times with one of the professors, like two or three other guys. We actually went street preaching, and we actually went went to a bar, opened it up, and the guy said, can I say a few words? And he just started preaching, and we got kicked out, obviously. Um, I could see that happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know if that was the wisest thing to do. I and I'm not saying no one could have ever got saved from that. I'm sure people have. Okay. But, yeah, there is that wild card, as you mentioned. There's that fine line of, you know, same thing with, okay, me growing up. We weren't we weren't never went into theaters. I was out of the house and I won't say how old I was. But, no, <laughs> I was out of the house when I was – first went to a theater and I was with a friend <laughs> because to this day I know people who have grown up with me who probably have never seen a theater because they've been taught that it's wrong and you know it's not so much you know do I think it's wrong not really actually because obviously I do it but what's to stop the same person from seeing the same movie in their house with all of this, let me pose one more question to you guys. What kind of practical, I don't want to necessarily say advice, but practical information could we have that would help people to understand, uh, we've talked about what it is or what it could be. Well, how would we recognize it to necessarily avoid either being a stumbling block or falling over our own stumbling blocks? I wanted to bring this up, and I'm going to try to tie in your question in as well. Okay. When there was a point in my young Christian life, I was saved, but I was also dealing with depression. I I was falling. I never left God, but I was falling back. I was kind of like backsliding. If that's a biblical term for people who are kind of like wrestling with the whole Christianity, but I couldn't leave God because I like God. Like I know God. God's a real God. He's I'm in love with God. But like I was struggling with the Christian faith because I'm like getting bored and it's just I was a young man. Anyway, I was a stumbling block 
to people who weren't saved. And what I mean by that, and this is what God convicted me about years later, that I shared the faith to people at who my coworkers and they knew I was supposedly this Christian. But at the same time, I would at the time I would curse or at the same time I would I would it would be really hard to distinguish me versus a non-Christian. And if you're a non-Christian and you're seeing someone who's saying that they're a Christian do these things and if there's no difference why are you going what's the point of being a Christian? Right. I believe that I was a stumbling block. So my advice to someone would be if you accept the, the, the faith of Jesus Christ and you believe he's your savior, the best way to avoid a stumbling block is to live authentically and not to have like two sides and not to not to be a two like a two face or two, someone. Yeah, not to be someone who's like a hypocrite. Live what you preach. And if you live what you preach, you're not going to be a stumbling block to someone else. As well as you won't you 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 probably won't stumble your faith as well. But I I worry about like now the people I used to know how their life is because I I was supposedly supposed to be sharing the light and the salt of the world, and you couldn't distinguish me from someone who wasn't a Christian. Huh. And as and that in and of itself, I was a stumbling block because one day I know they're going to go to a church and they're like, but I thought that you can do this, and I. So there's going to be some. Right, I thought I thought a Christian was this yeah. or, or or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Well, another way to put that is the fact that the best defense is to not be there. I've learned that through multiple different things. So. Well, what do you mean by not be there? Well, one of the things when people ask me, what's your best self-defense? What would you do in this situation? You're down a dark alley. You just left a nightclub. And I look at them and I go, why are you there? Why are you there in the middle of the night where a mugger is? Um, you know, plan out your time better. Go there in the daytime. Do this, do that. The best defense that you can ever have is not to be there. You can either move left or right, but never move backwards or you're, go forwards. You're not going to be in trouble if you ain't there, man. Exactly. You're not going to get hurt so if you, you're not there. So don't take a flight from here to, like, Egypt. Then take a seven-hour bus ride to Jordan and then go into being the front lines of their civil war. Because otherwise you won't ever get shot in the East Jordan civil war. That exactly. was awfully specific. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this a plan that you have? Is there another ticket I could get? I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> no, that okay. So, Dale, do you have any uh, advice in that uh, scope? I guess two things come to mind. Ask. Ask the other person, does this offend you? Is this okay? Because if you pay attention, you can really tell when people – kind of are back offish or they're you know they're not comfortable with something just ask the person or if someone did something that that might make you stumble or that almost made you or did make you stumble tell them i mean don't be mean about it but say hey look this you know you don't have to tell them your life story either but you know this bothered me help them understand you, know, you yeah, you did this, and it really bothered me and kind of shook me up spiritually. 
and, and be like, I'm not trying to be a pain. I'm not trying to be a jerk. But if you could not do this while I'm around, you know, and, and you know, sometimes people sense it and they come to you and say, hey, I noticed you're kind of back offish. Is it something I did? And just tell them, yes, this is what happened. But sometimes the best thing you can do is just communicate and, and try to, try to, like Israel said, be real with people, but be open with people too. That's awesome. I, I, I like that one. I think both you guys gave some really good stuff. And I think you added, you're, you're like filling in these cracks that we have. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, no, th- this has been great. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. This has been Justin. This has been Israel. This is Sully. This has been Dale. And we thank you guys. And we'd like to also uh, just extend this offer or extend this question to you guys. What do you think is your is a stumbling block in your own life? Or do you have any practical advice or story that we could possibly share online or just read? It's up to you guys. Just let us know. And about a stumbling block in your own life. So, all right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Well, hello again. I hope you had a great time. Feel free to reach out to that chili crew on the interwebs. You can reach them at that book of faces, also a twittering bird, and you can also send an electronic mail at biblicalchili at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you soon. <laughs>